I invite you to turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. We've been talking about the greater one in us. Obviously, it's talking about the Holy Ghost. And so tonight, I want to talk to you about activating the Holy Ghost power. 1 John 4, 4, John writing to Christians, probably his own converts, said, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Speaking of the evil spirits that he identifies in the previous verses, the evil spirits that are operating in the world. You have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, I want you to notice that phrase, the way John is impressed of the Holy Ghost to, uh, to identify or provide this information. He said, you have overcome them. You have already overcome the work of the devil. And I'm, and I'm sure that didn't mean that they didn't have struggles, that they didn't have things they're believing God for and standing against and all that kind of stuff that all of us do. But he said, you have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. John is telling us by the Holy Ghost that there is a resident power available for the family of God. A power that's already residing in them. Well, if it's residing in them, it's got to be residing in us too, doesn't it? God's not going to play favorites and give them something that he wouldn't give us. No, the Bible says God is no respecter of persons. Now, I want you to also uh, remember with me Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12 is the chapter that talks about the work of the devil, um, historically past tense present tense and future tense as well from john's perspective when he receives the revelation it talks about how that the devil took a third of the angels with him and fell but then it concludes the uh, the verse concludes that they speaking of the family of god the church overcame him by the blood of the lord blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony now i want you to notice that phrase the word of their testimony the word testimony just simply means witness. So he's, and, and witness is used in the Bible most often as telling that which you see or know. So when it says that the church, speaking of the church, when it says that the church overcame the enemy, overcame all the work of the devil by the blood of the lamb, the sacrifice, sacrificial work of Jesus on the cross, death, burial, and resurrection, and by the word of their testimony, he's just simply saying by the words that we speak. Well, that is how we overcome the devil, isn't it? Jesus, when he was tempted, answered, it is written. He spoke the word that applied in each of those temptations. And that word empowered him to not yield to the influence of the devil. So it says of, the, of us, it says of the church, we will overcome, literally have overcome, because God speaks in the past tense. God knows what he gave us. Most of the church world doesn't, but God knows exactly what he gave us. So the church overcomes by the blood of the lamb and by the word of his testimony, word of our testimony, the words that we speak. Now, remember also in Acts chapter one and verse eight, after the resurrection, after Jesus had appeared to the disciples, breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. After they experienced uh, salvation, salvation experience, then he tells them about waiting in Jerusalem for the outpouring of the spirit. Acts chapter one and verse eight says, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So he's talking about a power that's, that's beyond just the work of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit on the inside of someone in salvation. He's talking about something different. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Give testimony. Both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, if we, if we took just those scriptures and didn't judge them against anything else, 
We could say that the baptism of the Holy Ghost or the filling, infilling of the Holy Ghost, that which Jesus is speaking to or talking about in the days to come in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, we could say that that was just obviously for ministers, those that are called to the fivefold ministry, to have extra power to do the works that Jesus did. But Acts chapter 2 tells us that not just the 12 were filled. It says there were 120 people in that upper room. And they were all filled. Well, not all of them were called to the ministry. Not all of them stood in the fivefold ministry gift. Not all of them had a ministry call on their lives. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost too. We see additional evidence during the book of Acts. There are five different places where an individual or a group of people were filled with the Holy Ghost. And either directly or indirectly, it always speaks to the same evidence, and that is speaking with other tongues. But those in Cornelius' household, for example, in Acts chapter 10, where the Holy Ghost fell, and the people that came with Peter were astonished, the, the religious leaders that came with Peter were astonished because that on the, Jew, the, on the Gentiles, the Holy Ghost was fallen. And they knew that because it says, for we heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So the power that Jesus is talking about in Acts chapter 1-8 is not just for those that are called to the ministry. God expects, God intends, Jesus paid for the Holy Ghost is to provide power for every one of the people of God, every child of God, no matter what we do in life, no matter how things shake out for us as far as careers or callings or anything like that. There is supposed to be a power that resides in us, the power of the Holy Ghost that resides in us that enables us to overcome the devil and all of his works. Now turn with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul makes some statements about speaking in tongues and he makes these statements to the Corinthian church trying to correct some things that they're misusing. He doesn't say the things they're doing are wrong. He just says you, need, you guys need to understand how the Holy Ghost wants to manifest concerning church services and reaching other people and so forth. So in Acts chapter, uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, in verse 2 it says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God. For no man understandeth, understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Now notice that phrase, in the Spirit. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Weymouth's translation says of that, that in the Spirit he speaks divine secrets. That's what mysteries are, are divine secrets. And I have no doubt in my mind, I'm well satisfied, that that's the reason, the major reason that, the, that there's so much controversy in the modern day church about speaking with other, other tongues. Because the devil can't get in on it. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't like not knowing what's going on. So he stirs up controversy. He stirs up animosity among certain parts or segments of the people of God, uh, the church age. To either say it's unimportant, not necessary, not for everybody, or has passed away altogether. Well, everybody that buys into that forfeits the right to speak divine secrets with God. Well, is that important? Some would say that they had that in the early days of the church, but we don't need that now. Well, the Bible talks about mankind getting worse and worse as we go. The world's not getting better. People aren't getting better. People aren't acting better. They're not behaving in a, in a way that's less than what we read about in the book of Acts. In the early days of the church. Why would they need something that we don't need? Well, thank God we all need it. So he said, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue 
speaketh not unto man but unto God, howbeit in the Spirit, for no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Notice verse 4. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. We've talked about what this word means. It means to charge yourself up like a battery. Jude 20 says this. Jude only has one chapter. It's a small letter. has only one chapter. In verse 20 says, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. There is a, um, evidence again and again how that speaking in other tongues taps into what Jesus said we would have, the power that Jesus said we would have when the Holy Ghost comes on us. Paul, understanding this about speaking with other tongues, says in verse 13 of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he said, um, well, verse 14, we'll start in verse 14. He said, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. My spirit prays. Now tell me something, tell me anything else besides speaking in in other tongues that gives you a chance to express yourself, gives your spirit a chance to express itself, or maybe another way to say that, is show me anything else where you can spiritually exercise. We know the Bible says that man is three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. We know that the Bible says man's spirit is what's made new. At the new birth. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Well, what things passed away? Physical things didn't pass away. Mental things, things of the soul didn't change. The only thing that changed was the the spirit of man. He's recreated. He's born again. Born again is the term that Jesus used. So if it's important enough... And the Bible tells us Old Testament as well as New. The Bible tells us what God's plan for salvation was really all about. The process, in other words. He said, I would take away the stony heart out of you and give you a heart of flesh. I would change your spiritual nature. God intended and has fulfilled the promise that the new birth would would recreate us spiritually. But then he went further and he said, and I'll put my spirit in you. He said, a new spirit I'll put within you and then I'll put my spirit in you. So when John writes to the church and says, you have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, where is this power? It's got to be in the spirit of man. That's where God's spirit, that's where God poured out the Holy Ghost into us. He's not in our bodies. I wish he was. He's not in our minds. I wish he was. But the Bible gives us the responsibility to do something about our bodies and to renew our minds. Have you ever noticed that the Bible never says do anything to try to complete the work of the Spirit in your spirit? You know why? Because you can't get more complete than what's already been done. We're to allow our spirit man to dominate, the real us, to dominate our flesh and our thinking, our minds, our will and our emotions, which makes up the soul. But there is no improvement spiritually. There's no improvement that can be made spiritually. Now, we can grow spiritually, but growth is really just finding out, spiritual growth is really just finding out what God has already done for us and in us. You don't, as you grow spiritually, you don't get something that you didn't have before. You just gain knowledge about what you've always had and how to use it. So when John writes this to the church, you have overcome them, talking about the work of the devil in the earth, you have overcome the devil's agents, the devil's power, 
because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He's saying there's a power there, a power that's available for all of mankind, all, all of those that name Jesus as the Lord and Savior. There's a power resident within you, available to each and every one of you. And then Paul comes along and tells us that when we pray in other tongues, it's our spirit praying. It's our spirit talking to God. We're not talking to men because nobody understands what we're saying, including us most of the time. But we're speaking divine secrets with God. Divine secrets with God. Why would speaking divine secrets in other tongues strengthen you? Why would it have that effect? Well, folks, I, I personally, this is just my own opinion, but I personally don't think that it has that much to do with tongues as it has to do with the fact that it's a, a divine connection with God. Let me say it this way so that nobody misunderstands what I'm saying. I'm certainly not speaking derogatorily of speaking in tongues. I don't mean that at all. But here's what I do mean. If we were able to stand in the presence of God in something that resembled a physical manner, I don't think it would matter what language we talked in, the fact that we were connected with him for a period of time would bring the strength in and of itself. But God saw fit to access that power, to make that divine connection through speaking with other tongues. And that's what Jesus said was the power to be witnesses, the power to overcome, the power to defeat the works of the devil. Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 1. Verse 16, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The word salvation means rescue, make safe, make sound, deliver, and to heal. He says the word of God is that power. Well, how does the word of God, the power of the word of God, overcome the devil in those areas as it's intended to? We have to speak it. We have to speak it. Paul says, what is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding. Let me back up to verse 14 again. He said, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. Every time you speak in tongues, your spirit is communicating directly with God. My spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? What am I going to do since these things are true? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Paul is saying that your prayer life should be made up of, or he's saying his prayer life is made up of it. I would assume it would be a worthy example for us to follow too. He said that his prayer life is made up of speaking in tongues and speaking as far as his understanding can carry him. Now, why is tongues the evidence? Of being filled with the Spirit. As we said, there are five times in the book of Acts where either an individual like Paul in Acts chapter 9 or a group of people like on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and at Cornelius' household in Acts chapter 10, as well as the experience in Samaria where the people had heard the preaching of Philip and then Peter and John went down to get them filled with the Holy Ghost, and Acts chapter 19 where it tells us about the city of Ephesus. Receiving the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. Why does each of those five, either directly or indirectly, refer to and identify that tongues is the evidence? Because you overcome the devil by the words that you speak. They overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. 
They overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Everything that you speak, every word that you speak, has the potential to access and activate the power of God to defeat the enemy. Every word that you speak in your known language, English, assuming that's first language for all of us. Every word that we speak in English has the potential, has the power. If used well, if used correctly, to defeat the work of the enemy. We see that in Jesus' case. Jesus responded to the devil's temptation by saying, it is written. So every time we speak the word, every time we quote a scripture in the face of circumstances that we're facing, we're in the middle of. We're overcoming the devil by the words that we declare. But speaking in tongues has got a part in that too. Paul said, what is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. Well, he found out, he's the one that told us. Then when we speak in other tongues, it's our spirit exercising or our spirit praying. And it brings spiritual power to bear. It brings a strengthening from within our spirit, which is where the Holy Ghost resides. It's not a physical power. It's a spiritual power. Now, what does that mean? Well, here's the, one of the big advantages or big things that we need to recognize It simply means that when we speak in other tongues, when we spend some time preparing ourselves just for spiritual edification, just for acting in line with what the Bible says, when we prepare ourselves and spend time praying in other tongues, it brings power to anything and everything we do. I know in my own case, I've had more revelation. I've seen more truth in the Bible. I've had the the Holy Ghost bring scriptures to me that I didn't know. As a result of praying in other tongues. More than any other thing. Studying's great. But I've gotten more by praying with the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Spirit. Than I ever got through research and study. He brings things to our remembrance. But it can't just be for me. It can't just be for those that are called to the fivefold ministry. If that were the case. Then only the... the People that are called to the ministry would be able to speak in tongues. But it works for everybody in whatever you're involved in. Have you ever heard, you know anything about the, the life story of R.G. Letourneau? Do you know who that is? Well, he was a guy that was pretty famous during the Depression days. He's, um, he's credited with over 300 patents for machinery that he developed, that he invented and developed. He's the guy, you see, you've seen uh, when they're doing road work, cutting in a new subdivision or neighborhood or whatever it is, they've got these giant earth movers that come by carrying dirt and carrying stuff one, one place or another. Well, he's got the patents on most of the earth moving equipment that's in use today. He's the first person to put a blade on a tractor and come up with the concept of a bulldozer. His inventions are responsible more than any other individual that could be found for all the interstate systems that we have and road work and all that kind of stuff. The government particularly took his inventions and used them to develop the interstate system back in the 40s and 50s. He said this. He was, a, he was an outstanding Christian man. He was an outstanding witness for Jesus. 
he and his wife were the, the first ones that I know of, at least. They came up with the idea of living on 10% and giving away 90%. Well, during the Depression days, his business was making several million dollars a year in Depression days. So living on 10% wasn't a hardship by any means. But it shows his commitment to God. Well, here's what he said. Here's what Mr. Letourneau said in his uh, autobiography or the story of his life. I guess it's a biography, not an autobiography. But anyway, he said this. He was filled with the Spirit. A lot of people didn't know that he was. He didn't make a big deal about the fact that he was. But he said, most of my inventions have come as a result of spending time speaking in other tongues. And then when I wake up in the morning, I've got the answer. He said, I've tried over the years before I learned better. He said, I tried and tried and tried to stay at a problem, work at the problem, trying to come up with the answer. And then I found out that I got further by praying in other tongues and then waiting for the Lord to reveal it to me. Well, that would be power inside, wouldn't it? That would have to qualify for that resonant power that John's talking about. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Folks, the simple reality is this. Whatever you do, praying in tongues will give it more power. Now, here's the problem. So many times we're looking for power to manifest itself in a physical manner. So many times we'll pray in other tongues and not feel stronger. And so people give it up as a bad job. I was uh, reminded, or I saw something this week on uh, Facebook where somebody was talking about entering into a new challenge, body fitness challenge, whatever it was. And then they posted after a couple of days, they said, I forgot how hard a new program really was. Well, it's that way we're speaking in tongues sometimes. People give themselves an opportunity to pray in tongues, intending to do a lot more than many people follow up with. But if they're going to speak in tongues for an hour a day or 30 minutes a day or whatever it is, 30 minutes at a time, whatever the case is, They'll come away from that 30 minutes and it won't feel like there's been any change. And the devil uses those feelings to try to talk people out of their commitments to go further. But speaking in other tongues is a faith proposition. And that's one reason I believe it's so important and so necessary. Because if you spend time praying in other tongues, you know whether anybody else figured it out or not. You know that that wasn't you thinking up words to speak but instead the utterance comes from the Holy Ghost himself well, what does that do it makes you more spirit conscious than you are body conscious or conscious of your mind one of the great benefits for me of speaking in other tongues is it makes me more spiritually aware and more spiritually focused on the real man on the inside It's intended to empower us in anything and everything we do. Now turn with me over to Ephesians chapter 5. There's another part to this that I want you to see. I don't expect this to be some great revelation, folks, but I hope it is a reminder. And you use it as an encouragement to put the greater one to work on the inside of you. Ephesians chapter 5, let's start verse 17. He said, Wherefore be ye not unwise, 
but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, the, the word filled with the Spirit, or the phrase filled with the Spirit, in the original language, in the Greek language, is kind of a play on words. It's a continuous action that he speaks of. A better or maybe a more accurate translation would be this, although you could well understand why the translators didn't translate it in this manner. But it literally reads, be being filled with the Spirit. Well, that's awkward. Be being filled with the Spirit. You could well understand why the translators didn't do that, didn't didn't present it in that manner. But it's saying simply this. It's saying what we might paraphrase, stay full of the Holy Ghost. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. Now, remember in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11, Isaiah said, by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak unto this people. This is the rest and this is the refreshing. So speaking with tongues, stammering lips, as it's identified in Isaiah 28. Stammering lips or speaking with other tongues is intended, according to the scripture, to be a rest to bring peace to your life. And I've certainly found that to be true. I faced situations where my mind was, where thoughts were coming against my mind like machine gun bullets. And the only way I could calm myself and calm my mind down is to spend time praying in other tongues. And if you stay with it, it'll quieten your mind down to where you're not thinking anything. Because it's spiritual exercise, not mental exercise, it's spiritual exercise. It's the exercise of your spirit, the real man, the real one on the inside of you that was born again and serves God. So where he's talking about beef being filled, he's talking about keeping spiritual things fresh. Keeping yourselves motivated and encouraged and inspired, which is the work of the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. He's the helper. So he says, be being filled, stay full of the Holy Ghost. How are we going to do that? Sounds good. It's certainly something we should make an effort toward, but how are we going to do that? Well, he defines it in verses 19 and 20 and 21. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be being filled with the Spirit. Stay full of the Holy Ghost, speaking to yourselves. Speaking to yourselves. Folks, do you realize how many things in the New Testament are triggered by words? Or maybe we would be better off saying it this way. Everything in the New Testament tells us that the things of God are triggered by words. Your salvation is triggered by your words. You don't just believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. You have to confess him as your Lord and Savior. It's the confession of our mouths that bring us into the family of God. It's the confession of our mouths that bring us to the filling of the Holy Ghost, the infilling of the Spirit. And it's the words of our mouth that keep us full, renewed in spirit, renewed in vigor, renewed in joy, no matter what circumstances we're facing. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, folks, what's a spiritual song? What is the spiritual song? What does Paul mean when he writes to the church by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost to sing spiritual songs? These are songs that come from your heart. It doesn't just mean singing an old hymn with a little extra energy. 
He's talking about some things that the Holy Ghost gives you. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Another characteristic that he says is necessary to stay full of the Holy Ghost, to stay renewed and fresh in in the things of the Spirit, is giving thanks for all things. A thankful heart, a thankful attitude. That would be the opposite of complaining about how everything is. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the third characteristic in verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of of God. That's just one characteristic of walking in love. If I'm walking in love towards you, I'm not going to have to bully you into doing things my way. In the final analysis, it really doesn't matter too much whose way we choose as long as we know we're going toward God. Now, there are some things that we should be absolutely dogmatic about and hard as a rock on, and that's principles that the Word of God tells us. But everything else we should be flexible. Everything else we should be easy to get along with. You ever notice how some of the people that that know the most about the word or can quote the word or spend their time gaining knowledge about the word are oftentimes the ones you can't work with at all? One of the most difficult things I've ever had to do is lead a group of ministers to do something for the common good, as it were. Because everybody's got their own ideas and nobody wants to give an inch. Well, that's not the right kind of attitude. That kind of attitude runs the Holy Ghost off. I don't mean that he leaves you, but it will rob you of the, the, the sweet presence that the Holy Ghost is supposed to bring to each of our lives. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Psalms and hymns are things that they knew about already. It's like knowing the words to an old song that we always sing. But spiritual songs is different. Spiritual songs come... After you've spent time praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, Pastor Mike, I've never gotten a spiritual song. Maybe you haven't spent enough time praying in the Holy Ghost to get it. That didn't go over well, did it? That's the only way they come, folks. They come from the presence of God when we're with him. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, I want you to come full circle with me. I want you to notice the, the difference, the comparison between what, James, uh, what uh, John what John wrote in 1 John chapter 4. You have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He's talking about power. He's talking about the same power that Jesus told him as well as the other disciples to wait for in Jerusalem that was fulfilled in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 2 verse 4. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He's saying that singing and praising God from our spirits, from our hearts, activates the power. It makes available the power of the Holy Ghost that he wants to help us with. The power of the Holy Ghost that will put us over in situations in life. Spirit-filled people should be the happiest people on the earth. But instead, 
Too many people take the position that, yep, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. If he's doing something on the inside of you, it should be able to be seen, shouldn't it? If we know that he's there and we're utilizing the power that's available to us, that ought to show up in our lives, shouldn't it? How many times have we faced despair? Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, what's the matter? Did the Holy Ghost move out? Did he decide your situation was too tough so he went to somebody else? Folks, there is not any situation. But what the help of the Holy Ghost is always there and always present. So you've got to stir him up. Paul says, stir up the gift that's in you. How do we stir him up? Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Folks, praying in other tongues is widely underrated. You can't say sufficiently the importance of speaking in other tongues because it activates the power that God gave us to go through life with. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Brother Hagin used to say of that verse that what it means is that your faith is stimulated when you pray in other tongues. It's not how you get faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. But it stimulates your faith. Now, why would it stimulate your faith? Well, it goes back to what we said a little bit earlier. It makes you conscious of the greater one inside. It makes you conscious that there is a power, there's a force, there's a personality that's not of you, that's giving you utterance to speak words that you don't understand. Paul said, speaking those words, we're speaking divine secrets with God. God knows what you're saying. God knows the mind of the Holy Ghost who gives you the utterance. He knows what we're saying even if we don't. But it is the speaking of those divinely inspired words that activates the power of the infilling of the Spirit of God. It is the speaking of those words of which the Holy Ghost gives us utterance that makes everything in our life more powerful. Everything. Speaking with other tongues will make you a better lawyer if a lawyer can be filled with the Spirit. (laughs) Speaking with other tongues will make you a better businessman. Speaking with other tongues will make you a better mom or dad. Speaking with other tongues will make you a better mechanic. Speaking with other tongues will make you better at anything and everything you do. So here's the million dollar question. How much place do we give to speaking in other tongues in our lives? The words that we've just told you about the power of the Holy Ghost being available. You can't dispute it from the word. If you're going to discount it, you're going to have to tear pages out of the Bible and say, well, that doesn't apply to us today. But it does. So what place do we give to him? Are we giving the Holy Ghost the place that we should be giving to him? Are we spending the time speaking in other tongues in our own private lives and our private devotions in a sufficient manner to give him the opportunity to teach us, to reveal to us, show us things to come just like Jesus said that he would? Jesus made some outstanding statements about what the Holy Ghost would do. He said he'll remind you of all things. He'll teach you all things. He'll guide you into all reality, into all truth. He'll show you things to come. 
Well, you know as well as I do that most Christians aren't experiencing that, even spirit-filled Christians. Could it be the reason that they're not? Is because we're not giving the right place to the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues? We're not giving the right place to activating the power of God that's been given to us, which the Bible says comes by speaking in other tongues? I think we know the answer to those questions, don't we? Be being filled with the Spirit, Paul said. Speaking to yourselves. It's interesting to me that the first word that he used about being, being and staying filled with the Holy Ghost is speaking. Speaking. Israel's words were important in the Old Testament. It's the principle of exercising faith and the principle of exercising authority. But tongues and interpretation are distinctive for the church age. And everything that Israel had was capped off, added to by the experience of salvation and by the experience of being filled with the Spirit. Everything they had, everything they said, everything they did was important, just like our words are important now. But if the words that we speak, if the quoting or the repeating or the confessing of God's word is important for us now to defeat the enemy, can we give any less prominence or attention to what Jesus said would be the power of the Holy Ghost that would make us witnesses that overcome the world and the things in it? I think we do a disservice if we discount it. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto God, not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. He says, when I pray in other tongues, my spirit prays. My spirit prays. My spirit, the real me, the eternal part of me. The part that God filled with himself prays. That has to be of utmost importance, folks. It has to be. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies or builds himself up, charges himself like a battery, empowers himself spiritually. Spiritual power comes by speaking or praying in other tongues. There's no other conclusion we can draw. Now, I'm not asking this for a show of hands, but if we did, how many people in most every church service or church organization or church setting that you can imagine would answer positively, how many of you want more power? Well, who's not going to raise a hand on that? Sure, we want more power. Well, where's that more power going to come from? God gave you the Holy Ghost already. He gave you himself. Now, it's not a matter of having more power it's a matter of activating the power we have and over and over and over again the bible speaks of speaking in tongues as being the trigger the button the lever that unleashes the power of god in our lives let's pray father we thank you for the great holy spirit the mighty one the greater one that lives on the inside of us we thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious and holy name that he has been given to be our helper, our comforter, our intercessor, our advocate, our strengthener, our standby, and our guide.
Holy Spirit, we thank you for teaching us, reminding us of all the things that Jesus said. We thank you for showing us things to come. We thank you for guiding us into all reality. We thank you for supernatural power, divine power, to live our lives and handle the situations that rise up against us. Holy Spirit, to the degree that we have ignored you or not taken advantage of what was given to us, we repent of that. And Holy Spirit, we commit ourselves to spend time speaking in other tongues. Paul said that he spoke in tongues more than the whole Corinthian church. He must have spoken in tongues when he woke up, when he walked through life, and when he went to bed at night too. Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you for something for us. Make yourself real to us as we do give ourselves to speaking in other tongues. Show us the right relationship that we are to have with you, our helper, as we speak in other tongues, as our spirit communicates directly with our Heavenly Father. We thank you for giving us utterance every time we open our mouths. And we thank you for hearing and answering this prayer, for helping us to grow into the right relationship that we should have with you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know about you, but I feel like I've got some catching up to do. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's lift our hands and thank Him for His goodness one more time. Father, we love You. We magnify Your holy name. We thank You for the greater one that indwells us, the greater one that's inside of us. We thank You for the privilege that we have to access that power, that help, that divine help and divine strength by speaking in other tongues. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you for being with us. Have a great rest of the week speaking in tongues.